Welcome to Celebrate Poe. My name is George Bartley, and this is episode 187, Reimagining Poe, Part 1. One of the most basic rules about dealing with an AI like uh, ChatGPT is that you have to tell the bot what you want. You have to be specific about your situation and uh, uh, give them some details before you can be creative with the chat. So in today's episode, as well as the episode following, I'm going to include the introduction uh, that I always, and I hope I remember this, uh, that I always give ChatGPT before asking it to answer as Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, I just don't say speak as Poe. I like to give it a little bit more information, and that way you can get a better response. Uh, and I've found that I always need to repeat this. It doesn't remember from previous sessions, probably a good thing. Uh, but in trying to make the introduction more specific and saying what you want, ChatGPT is more able to give you responses uh, that are a bit more relevant to your request. I usually start with something like this. Uh, well, the uh, I've worked at the Edgar Allan Poe Museum in Richmond and am doing a podcast about the life, times, and influences of Edgar Allan Poe. The previous format of the podcast was to ask questions of the imagined character of the ghost of Edgar Allan Poe, and I speak this in a southern accent, although I don't think ChatGPT knows the difference. I've started using in the podcast, or I've started using chat in the podcast by asking you questions as though ChatGPT was Edgar Allan Poe. Now, I hope that's specific enough. I would like to ask you some questions today, and please answer as though you were Mr. Poe using the beautiful flowing tone and style of much of 19th century literature, a style that uh, could sometimes be considered verbose, but was really very beautiful. Now, Mr. Poe, uh, would you discuss how your works could be adapted into a series of interconnected films or a television series? Explore potential plot lines, characters, and settings that could be uh, used to tie the stories together. Ah, oh, my interloca. Hello, Mr. Bartley. Now, how delightful it is to partake in this discourse upon the realm of artistic possibilities. The notion of adapting my works into a series of interconnected films or a television series is indeed a fascinating endeavor. Pray allow to expound, pray allow me to expound upon this concept and delve into the intricate tapestry of powerful plot lines, characters, and settings that could could seamlessly intertwine the narratives as it threads into a grand a gothic a tapestry. To begin, one must recognize the interconnected nature of my tales, for though they stand alone as individual works, it may be perceived that they share a common thematic essence. 
It is this essence that can serve as the unifying thread, binding the stories together in a captivating cinematic or episodic web. Picture, if you will, a grand opus that commences with the haunting events of the fall of the House of Usher. We are transported to the foreboding ancestral estate, where the enigmatic House of Usher broods in its decaying splendor. Through its inhabitants, we glimpsed the tortured souls grappling with their own inner demons, setting the stage for the darkness that pervades the entire series. There are but a few strands of the vast tapestry that could enfold my dear interloca. By intertwining my tales through recurring characters, themes, and motifs, a, a rich atmosphere series, rich atmospheric series could emerge one that explores the intricacies of the human psyche, delves into the mysteries of the macabre, and confronts the timeless themes of life, death, and the human condition. And the settings, ah, the settings. From from the gothic halls of crumbling manor houses to the mist-shrouded streets of forgotten cities, each locale could breathe life into the narratives imbuing them with an eerie, otherworldly atmosphere. The cinematography, the score, and the performances must capture the essence of my prose, for it is the evocative language, the play of light and shadow, and the emotional resonance that are the true spirit of my works. Thus, Mr. Bartley... I present to you a glimpse of the grand tapestry that could be woven from my literary offerings. May this vision inspire future storytellers to embark on a cinematic journey where the haunting beauty of my words can transcend the page and immerse audiences in the enigmatic, haunting world of Edgar Allan Poe. Well, Mr. Poe, how precisely would you construct the fall of the House of Usher? Ah, the, the fall of the House of Usher is a tale that dwells in the realms of gloom and melancholy, where the crumbling edifice mirrors the disintegration of the souls within. In envisioning the cinematic construction of the story, well, one must dwell or delve into the depths of its atmospheric prose and evoke a sense of foreboding that permeates every frame. Well, Mr. Poe, how might you open the film? Ah, Mr. Bartley, my proposed film would open with a, a sweeping aerial shot capturing the desolate landscape surrounding the House of Usher. A decaying mansion nestled amidst a desolate moor. The camera would gradually descend, drawing us closer to this haunting abode, heightening the suspense as we approach its formidable facade. As we enter the house, the atmosphere would be suffused with a a melancholy stillness, disturbed only by the intermittent whispers 
of wind and the distant echo of footsteps. Uh, The light would be subdued, casting long, shadowy tendrils that dance along the walls, emphasizing the mansion's sinister allure. In this adaptation, I envision the protagonist, a close friend of Roderick Usher, serving as our eyes and ears. He would arrive at the mansion, embodying a mix of curiosity, trepidation, and concern for his friend's well-being. The initial reunion would be fraught with a, with a palpable tension, as Roderick Usher's troubled countenance reveals the depths of his inner turmoil. Ah, Mr. Poe, you could really rev up the eerie ambience. Yes, Mr. Bartley, to to rev up the eerie ambience, uh, as you put it, uh, the film would juxtapose the grandeur of the mansion's decaying interiors with its decaying inhabitants. Roderick Usher, portrayed with a hauntingly fragile intensity, would epitomize the tortured artist, a man haunted by his own imagination and consumed by the ancestral curse that weighs upon his family. His sister, Lady Madeline, would possess an ethereal beauty shrouded in mystery, her presence evoking a sense of both longing and unease. Throughout the film, the audience would bear witness to the gradual disintegration of the house and its inhabitants, paralleling their descent into madness and decay. The use of striking visual metaphors, such as such as uh, cracks uh, snaking across the walls or, or vines encroaching upon the structure, would symbolize the family's crumbling lineage and impending doom. Ah, yes, Mr. Poe, I bet you could have a field day with the music and sound design. Why, Mr. Bartley, that goes without saying. Sound design would play a, a crucial role with, haunting be- with a hauntingly beautiful score blending with the cacophony of creaking floorboards, distant whispers, and the mournful howls of the wind. The atmospheric soundscape would immerse the audience in the chilling isolation of the house, heightening the psychological and emotional impact. As the narrative unfolds, it would be essential to capture the supernatural elements lurking within the tale. Ghostly apparitions, fleeting and elusive, would manifest at the edges of perception tantalizing both the characters and the viewers. These spectral encounters would blur the line between reality and imagination, leaving the audience to question the sanity of the protagonist. Well, Mr. Poe, uh, such a movie would be great, uh, and it would all build up to a climax. Yes, Mr. Bartley, the climax, the final fall of the house itself, a visceral and cathartic spectacle. The mansion's destruction would mirror the psychological collapse of the Usher siblings, a visual representation of their tortured souls finding release in the very destruction 
of their ancestral home. In constructing the fall of the house of Usher from our screen, uh, my aim would be to evoke the dark, poetic beauty of the original tale while utilizing the visual and auditory language of cinema to immerse the audience in a world of brooding atmosphere and psychological turmoil. The film would be a haunting exploration of the fragility of the human psyche, the destructive power of the past, and the inescapable forces that bind us to our own haunted legacies. Uh, Well, Mr. Poe, uh, what about the idea of um, making the visitor uh, an interior designer facing the challenge of revamping the House of Usher to bring more emphasis to the state of the house itself? And, of course, uh, the visitor is also a friend of Roderick. Ah, an intriguing concept, most intriguing concept indeed, Mr. Bartley. To imagine uh, the protagonist or his friend as an interior designer uh, facing the daunting task of, of revamping the House of Usher adds an interesting layer to the narrative. This approach would not only provide a unique perspective on the story, but also offer to an opportunity to emphasize the symbolism of the house itself and its significance in reflecting the state of its inhabitants. And this would be a far more emphatic way. In this adaptation, the visitor, a close friend of Roderick Usher, would possess a discerning eye for design and an understanding of the power of of ambience and environment on the human psyche. Drawn by a sense of duty and concern, the visitor would accept Roderick's invitation to help breathe new life into the dilapidated mansion, unaware of the deeper horrors lurking within. As the visitor embarks on this ambitious undertaking, the film would explore the profound transformation of the house, mirroring the psychological and emotional journey of its inhabitants. Each room would serve as a canvas for the visitor's artistic vision, embodying various aspects of Roderick and Lady Madeline's inner turmoil. For instance, the visitor might choose to restore the once majestic library, symbolizing Roderick's intellect and his introspective nature. The design, yes, the design elements such as intricate bookcases, dimly lit corners, and a brooding color palette would evoke a sense of melancholy and intellectual introspection reflecting Roderick's troubled mind. The visitor could also attempt to breathe life into Lady Madeline's chambers, which would serve as a representation of her enigmatic character. Delicate and ethereal touches with hints of faded grandeur would accent her beauty and mysterious allure while subtly eluding 
to the darkness that lies beneath. Throughout the process of renovation, eerie discoveries and strange occurrences would punctuate the narrative, heightening the sense of unease and foreshadowing the impending doom. Unsettling glimpses of the supernatural hidden passages or disturbing artifacts uncovered during the redesign would further blur the boundaries between reality and the realm of the supernatural. As the relationship between the visitor and Roderick deepens, the design process would also become a metaphorical exploration of Roderick's fragile psyche. Through their interactions, the visitor would gradually uncover the depths of Roderick's inner turmoil, inner torment, paralleling the peeling back of layers in the house's renovation. The visitor's own emotional investment in the project would naturally grow, fueling a sense of urgency to save his friend from the impending darkness. The climax of the film would see the culmination of the renovation project coinciding with the climax of Roderick and Lady Madeline's personal and supernatural crises. The house, transformed but still haunted, would become a battleground for their inner demons, its very structure reflecting the turmoil within. The grand reveal of the redesigned house would coincide with the cataclysmic events, merging the physical and psychological worlds into a climatic, cathartic finale. In this adaptation, the focus on the interior design process would not only provide a visually captivating backdrop, but also serve as a metaphorical exploration of the character's psychological states. The redesign of the House of Usher would symbolize the character's attempts to confront their inner demons and find solace, only to ultimately succumb to the forces that bind them to their tragic fate. Thus, Mr. Bartley, by infusing the narrative with the artistry of an interior designer and utilizing the house's transformation as a reflection of the character's psychological journey, we breathe new life into the fall of the House of Usher and offer a fresh perspective on the timeless themes of decay, madness, and the indelible connection between our surroundings and our souls. Well, thank you, Mr. Poe. Uh, As if there were any doubts, your stories do present a great deal of material that one can reimagine in countless ways. Uh, Next week, I would like to continue this conversation. Uh, Now, uh, the next episode, Reimagining Poe Part 2, deals with more fascinating fascinating perspectives, such as a unique look at the dynamics of Annabelle Lee. This episode also compares COVID as a disease with the plague in The Mask of the Red Death, as well as religious religious intolerance in The Pit and the Pendulum. Not surprisingly, the major source for this episode was ChatGPT 
but I also used the following for fact-checking purposes. The Reason for the Darkness of the Night by John Tresh, Poe by Peter Ackroyd, Poe in Place by Edgar T. Talley, Jr., Edgar Allan Poe, A Critical Biography by author Hobson Quinn, Mystery of Mysteries, The Death and Life of Edgar Allan Poe by Mark Dewidziak, and The Poe Log, A Documentary Life of Edgar Allan Poe by Dwight R. Thomas and David K. Jackson. Thank you for listening to Celebrate Poe.